0: Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, coming at you from Marina Del Rey, California, which is pretty much Los Angeles. I'm looking out at the Marina right now. People are swimming, people are out. It's 6.05 p.m. here on the West Coast, Monday night. There's like a place I could go swimming. I could literally walk over there and just go swimming. And it's all kind of netted off. You know when they do that, they have a swimming area where I guess they do it so like creatures can't get in or maybe so that you can't get out. But it just seems like such a placid, nice little place to go in for a dip. I'm not going to do it. I did bring my swimsuit, but I'm not going to do it. I mean I could I've just got so much work to do oh then I'm not getting done I mean this is work I'm getting this done this is like the the best kind of work I love podcasting it's so easy (laughs) I mean sometimes it's not sometimes I don't want to do it and it's hard but generally it's it's not the kind of work that I dread (sighs) I have to you know I'm writing a scripted series and um we wrote I think six episodes seven episodes and we got notes on them and so we have to go back through and like put the notes in and figure out ways to give them what they want and I just don't want to look at something we've already done because then I start second guessing things I'm really bad at that as you know so I'm just putting it off because I have to go back through and make some changes that will be pretty easy to make but in doing so I have to read what we already wrote and I'm like oh my god it just makes me nervous and it makes me feel like it's not good enough and I need to work harder on it and um and it's endless like it'll never be good enough so I'm dreading that I also am taping a Netflix show tomorrow and um I haven't written jokes for it yet which I have to do They're supposed to send me a packet of material about it and tell me what we're going to be talking about and like sort of prompts for what we're going to be doing, but I haven't received anything yet, so that's good. So there's there's no pressure there. I'm also pitching a reality show next week, and um, I'm supposed to send video of my parents and I in quarantine to the person that's putting the reel together, but I don't really have that many videos because I there I didn't I just haven't taken that many videos of me and my parents yeah I've I've put stuff on Instagram but it doesn't save into my phone if I put it in my story so what I have to do is go through all of my stories and find it and it's just a huge process and I just the show's not even sold yet and I'm trying to get it sold but it's like how much work do I really want to put into that I just I didn't take videos because I'm always the one taking video my parents don't shoot anything so it's all from my angle of my parents and I guess it's usable but um I wasn't really good about I've been thinking about this reality show for a while and um I was going back through old videos last night just to try to find anything and god videos I shot in March I mean I look different it was fucking six months ago you guys that I was insane that this all started it seems like like a mo- two months ago. I, 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 I looked, I, I've, I've aged and not in like a bad way. Like I just, my, I've changed in that time. That's a substantial amount of time. I realized six months is if I live 90 years, that's like half a percentage of my life, right? Yeah. It's like more than half a percentage, it's probably like 0.6% of my life. I've lived at my parents' house at the age of 35 36 it's crazy but um and I don't really have much to show for it yeah I have done a podcast every day and um, I've appeared on some shows but I really wanted to get more done in that time and I look back on it and I think of all the plans I had back in March and my enthusiasm back there back then was like I kind of liked it I think I was in a good mood that everything was locking down because I just needed a break so bad and now that I've had a break now I'm terrified of the world starting back up again because I don't – I've lost – I'm not as fit for it again, you know? I'm not ready to go back out on stage. My material feels just far away from me. My stage presence feels lost. I have to rebuild everything. I don't want to go back to the gym. But I have to, and I'm going to. And I've already started. I mean, the process has begun, and it'll be what it'll be, but um, – Yeah, so that's what I have to do. I'm just going over everything I have to do. I get DMs constantly. It's like a full-time job answering your guys' DMs, I have to be honest. I'm like, at what point do I get famous enough that I have zero fan interaction? Because I don't want that, because I do enjoy your feedback, and I do enjoy, I like, if I ever write back to you, it's because I sincerely like what you've said, and I appreciate hearing from you, but at some point, you You just can't, you can't respond to everything. I was going to ask Joe Rogan on Wednesday, like, does he write to, back to fans? Does he ever go into his DMs? And I know that there are a lot of people out there that write me and are like, would be pissed if I suddenly made myself inaccessible because I'm accessible now. You can just DM me and I'll probably be able to read it. I have 616,000 followers um, and I'm not bragging. I wish it were more. But that's a lot of people and if even 1% of those people write me if even a 0.7% let's get into that again if even a, a small percentage of those people write me it's that's 600 right is it wouldn't that be 1% is 600 of 600,000 am i thinking of that right no i think it's actually it would be 6,000 jesus christ and on, it's not it's not 1%. So it's not 6000 a day, but guys, it is like hundreds of DMs every day. And I'm I know you're like why don't you just stop reading it because sometimes your husband could slide into your DMs. <laughs> sometimes someone could tell you about a hair vitamin that will make all your hair grow back. Sometimes someone will write you about something and it'll like change your world or they'll send you something They'll make a poster of your face, or sometimes they make art for me, and I want to see those. And I also i, I want to see it all, but it's just sometimes it's too much, and that's why I feel o- always overwhelmed whenever I go into a bookstore. I want to read every book, but I can't. So guess what? I do nothing. I get nothing, and then I don't read any books. So for your DMs, I just like, I guess I just pick and choose randomly. And, um, but it really is turning into too much. And I think I got to pull back and I just want to be honest with you guys that I might become a little bit more inaccessible to my fans because I can't, I just can't. And if you were in my shoes, you wouldn't be able to do it either. Put out content, but also reply to fans one-on-one. I I just, but there has to be some other way. You know, I want to feel the love and I want to hear the feedback and I want to know how much it means to you, but you know, reading a paragraph of small print takes, I would say 25 seconds for me. I'm not a slow reader. I'm actually a really fast reader, but even that, and sometimes people just write like they're, they have poor grammar. So it's even harder to decipher what they're trying to say. So it takes even more time. And that really adds up a hundred DMs a day. And each of them are a paragraph. And a lot of them are like like I said, towers and towers of text, and those I always feel compelled to read because I'm like, wow, this person put so much effort into it. But at the same time, I resent you so much. <laughs> I don't listen. I've done the same thing. I've written towers and towers of text to people, so I get it. I really do get it. What did I? I wrote someone recently, and I was like, this is too much. Oh, Sam Harris. I wrote into their, um, I wrote into the Waking Up app. People, the people that do his meditation app, because um, they used to have this amazing um, meditation about pain where he would like talk to you about pain and how to think about your pain. It was like a meditation. If you're ever in like intense pain, you listen to it. And I used to listen to it when I got migraines and it would always help me fall asleep. I wouldn't even finish it. And I would be in like searing pain. And then suddenly I would just like be asleep and I'd wake up in the morning and I'm like, fucking Sam Harris did it again. And, um, and all of a sudden, on the app one day, that that meditation disappeared. And I was like, why would they have removed that? That was like the best thing. And I and my since my parents have been in such pain recently, I've been wanting to give them that meditation. So I wrote them today. And I feel like they're celebrities to me. The people that put that app together, I'm like, oh my God. I would like freak out if I met them in person. And so I was writing directly to them. So I wrote this long, long paragraph. And as I was writing it, I was like, this is too much no they're getting inundated with emails every day I'm sure they don't need all of this other stuff just make it short so I did I, I cleaned it up and I just made it like hey I loved this meditation where is it and I learned that from being on the receiving end so I do it too and I'm not telling you to change your ways keep DMing me do whatever you want I don't I know that if I was able to have a personal connection with a celebrity or someone that I perceive to be a celebrity. I'm not calling myself that, but I have been on dancing with the stars and I have been on who wants to be a millionaire celebrity edition. And I have been on American Ninja warrior warrior celebrity edition. So technically the business has christened me a celebrity. I, if I had a personal connection with them and then suddenly that dropped away, I would feel like what the fuck. Um, but at some point I've got to, I've got to shut it down. I'm actually trying to, I'm reading this book right now that I saw Joe Rogan post about on his, um, on his Instagram and I'm going on his show on Wednesday. So I was like, you know, I'm just looking at what he's into right now. I'd love to talk to him about like, you know, whatever he's been thinking about. And man, he turned me on to this book called Irresistible and it's about being addicted to your phone. And I did not want to read it because I am absolutely addicted to my phone. Absolutely constantly on it like my, my stats would be alarming to you and honestly the book is showing me that I'm not alone it's a really fascinating read and it reads just like very it's a quick read I'm like already nine percent through and you know how I know I'm nine percent through because I read books on my phone and they tell you the exact percentage we're all about percentages today um so it's called irresistible it's by Adam Alter it's really a good read and it's making me look at my addiction to my phone already. And I've only just started it last night. And, um, and I read it a little bit on the plane today. And I was like, I got to get off this phone. I was like on my phone reading about how it's bad to be on your phone so much. But I recommend checking that book out. But I am going to take a step back from Instagram. I'm sorry I'm talking so much about this. But I'm just feeling like really overwhelmed by it. And I think that if I stopped reading my DMs, I would have hours of my day back. And I think I'm going to do it. I think I might put my foot down about it. Someone the other day wrote to me and said, why don't you let us reply to your stories? (sighs) Do you know what I would have to do you know what my I I would love for you? I would love to assign you the job of replying to people. If I opened up my replies to my stories, I have 40,000 people watching my stories. It it usually crawls up to like 60,000 sometimes. And again, I'm not bragging. I know you guys are like, we get it, Nikki. Well, I don't know. You're like that. I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I'm so sorry, dear fans. But um, it would be it, it. I used to have replies to my DM, to my stories open, and it it drove me crazy. And it was just constant, constantly getting a message. Call. You know those you know the celebrities that like give out their phone number. It's not really their phone number. It's like on a separate phone, and they pick and choose here and there to reply. They don't reply to all of them. I w- I mean. It's just not feasible for me to write back to all of it. You get it. I'm going on and on. I've got a lot to do tonight. i got a lot to do. I want to read that book because I want to talk to Joe Rogan about it. I'm really worried about going on Joe Rogan for some reason. I feel like I have nothing to talk to him about. I feel like what kind of life have I lived? I wanted to, like, fuck someone tonight so I could just have something to talk about. (laughs) And I forgot to shave my vagina so that's not going to happen. I mean, not that it would happen anyway. Um, I just, I cannot just have sex with someone who I don't know very well. There's like a couple people I'd have sex with tonight and I already know them really well. And they're not in town, but God damn it, my back hurts. Something happened in my back and it is all psychosomatic for sure. Like, I mean, my parents are walking around the house in chronic pain. I have now picked up whatever they they have been having my dad has sciatica my mom her chest is constantly hurting and now I like am in so much pain in my upper back and I there's no way for me to dig into it it's like inside my back there's no pressure point that I can press on and like torture it which is what I want to do so bad I just want to like make it hurt so bad that it gives up but I can't even get it I can't find it But man, it finds me every time I move my neck. It's like, it woke me up last night a hundred times because I guess I toss and turn. And every time I turn my neck and switch sides, it would be like, and it would jolt me out of bed. And it's it's not because I slept wrong. It's not because I bent down and picked up something weird. It's because I'm stressed. I know it. So I have to just acknowledge that. And once you acknowledge it and once you really believe it, And you, because I've read that book, Healing Back Pain, I might read it again just to reintroduce the concept to myself that all of this is in my head. It is real pain. I'm feeling very much in pain, but it is not being caused by a pinched nerve or a pulled muscle or anything like that. It is just my subconscious beating the shit out of my nerves because what I'm experiencing, I, my brain doesn't want to process the, 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 pain I'm going through which is weird because most of the time my brain is like we'll take it we'll get super duper sad that's why I always tell my parents like my my depression is like the same as their body aches like that's how my subconscious pain manages itself it takes care of itself in my it it goes inward and the pain becomes like you know the suicidal ideations and the thoughts of worthlessness and the hopelessness and all those things that's the same as back pain but now that I've kind of like overcome those and dug myself out of that it is like it's now taking on a physical manifestation and it's it hurts so bad so anyone out there with back pain I really feel you today like I feel you but it's all in our heads and it's not in your head like I'm not like saying you're crazy I'm saying you're going through something and your brain does not want to think about it. So it's procrastinating processing it and it's sending it to your back or your butt or your foot or your your carpal tunnel. All of those things are stress related. And this is too. Um, so that's where I'm at. I'm not even done with things I need to get done scripted show I need to give notes the show I'm shooting tomorrow for Netflix I need to write jokes for I need to send in videos for the reality reel I'm sorry that you guys have become my to-do list but it's helping me just go through what I need to do um I got an email from my book agent today who's trying to get me to sell a book and she's like where are you at with that and I just told her like dude I'm trying to get an ADHD diagnosis it's I can't write a book until I get some help with it I can't write a book until I get a space of my own with an office or until cafes open up again and I can go perch up at a Starbucks and put on my noise-canceling headphones, some sunglasses, and get to work. Um, The idea that I would be writing a book right now on top of all this stuff is so insurmountable, it's insane. And then I'm also um, in LA, so I really wanna see Friends. And oh, tonight I just don't know that I'm gonna get around to it. It's already 6.30. Um, My friends Pete Lee and Jamie, his girlfriend, um, live like 15 minutes away so I might go get an Uber and go out over there and hang out but even hanging out feels a little exhausting right now um, but I bailed on them the last time and they just got a new place in Malibu and I do really want to see it and I need to go be social maybe they'll convince me to move here um, I have a lot more to tell you about after this break I'm going to take um, going to take a whiz <laughs> you didn't need to know that but it is what I'm going to do And we're back, ugh, what a busy week for me. I'm doing Rogan on Wednesday, I hope you guys all listen. That'll be tomorrow, Wednesday, um, at around 12.30 Pacific. And uh, I think it maybe starts at one. Uh, I'm gonna go over there, I've done it twice before. I always have a great time. I always feel like I just, I always feel good afterwards. I don't regret things, even though I'm talking for literally three and a half hours. I always feel like leaving, like, oh, I did everything I wanted to say. It's fun, though, with him. Like, you never know where it's going. There's no way to really plan for it. It's like you're just going for a hike in the woods, and he's just leading you, and you don't know where you're going to end up. But I was listening to his show today just to get a sense of where he's at lately and what he's talking about. It was so good. He's just really nice. And he's just down to talk about whatever and the conversation's So easy. I really just like I I, I should listen to his show more often. But I don't know, man, I don't know. There's a lot of podcasts I need to be listening to every day. There's so many shows to watch. I don't have time for any of it. But I do. I am really loving this book that I'm reading irresistible. And um, about the phone addiction, which, yeah, mine is my addiction is is bad. It's and it's. It's a real addiction, too. Like, it ruins lives. <laughs> and the most interesting thing, the book starts out, it's like the first page, is that Steve Jobs uh, didn't let his kids have phones or iPads or any of the things he made, and neither do any of the people that invent any of this shit. It goes in detail about everyone in the tech business and, and the, the creators of all these things and how they don't they don't even allow themselves to, to be on it it's talked about some the creator of World of Warcraft with which i didn't realize is a huge addiction like there's whole communities of people that are addicted to World of Warcraft and like you know support groups like aa for World of Warcraft and um and people that like invented that game don't even play it even though they love it they just realize how much of their life would be ruined from it there's something like i think the statistic is that 11 years of your life you spend on your phone at this point and it's only getting worse the numbers have just like from from how much time you spent on your phone in 2008 Till now I think it was the In 2008 it was 18 minutes was the average And now it's an hour and 45 minutes Or like two hours and something I mean that is a crazy leap 18 minutes Is that what I was spending on my phone in 2008? Which I think it was I honestly think it was I don't remember being on my phone this much But I also don't remember a time where I was Like I I can't imagine a world in which I wasn't You know? I um I also read that people would rather have harm done to themselves than their phones. And I was thinking about that and I was like, would I rather someone hurt me than my phone? And the truth is yeah. Because at least if you slice my arm, like let's say you like what what you punch me in the face, I don't have to go to the AT&T store and wait around and feel like I'm missing out on work and feel like I'm missing out on, um, promoting shows or, um, being relevant and staying relevant. I'm not missing out on news. I'm not missing out on entertainment. I will just have to sit, you know, like when I get punched in the face, I can just get back on my phone and feel better. But if my phone cracks and breaks, I'll probably punch myself in the face because I'm so mad at myself. So then I just got up, then I already have a punched face. So yeah, I'll I'll take, I'll just take a punch in the face because at least my phone will be not broken. That is crazy. I mean, I'm one of those people that would rather be physically injured than have my phone physically injured. That's so crazy. But there it is. I really want to look at it because I don't like being addicted to things. You guys know that. I haven't smoked pot since, let me check my app. I have an app on my phone that tells me how long it's been to the fucking hour to the minute actually it's called grounded let's see you've stayed grounded for 10 days 34 minutes 19 seconds 20 seconds 21 seconds that's not bad I have no plans on doing it again I mean I really I really want to be away from it I don't think it's gonna be forever but I think for a really long time I just want to get clear headed and not and not be doing that stuff Um. And it was so nice traveling today and not worrying about traveling with weed. I always travel with weed. Just throw it in your carry-on, or throw it in your checked bag. That's what I always do. I always just check it. And it's not like I hide it. The thing is, you're not gonna get busted for weed if you're, unless you're like, you know, smuggling huge amounts. They're not looking for it. I read on Reddit like someone asked on an ass Reddit years ago of like, you know. TSA people like do you see weed and what do you do about it and they're like yes and nothing because we're looking for bombs and dogs if you see dogs they're not weed dogs they're they're looking for bombs or they're looking for cocaine and you can't uh, dogs can't be trained to do both I mean I'm not sure of that but I'm almost positive that they can't train to, to do both and also if people were getting busted for weed at the airport everyone who had weed at the airport got busted you would see people getting arrested all the time and literally I have flown thousands of times in the past couple years that lead is weed has been very legal in the u.s and i see no arrest at the airport it's just not happening and i always thought like if i get arrested for weed that'll be kind of hilarious i don't care i've been arrested for it three times in my past throw another one on the docket i don't give a shit good press is bad press is good press whatever um, but it was nice today to go to the airport and be like, oh, I didn't need to like hide the weed or like worry about it. Like I'm not traveling with it. I don't need it. I don't care. Um, there's a balcony in my, in my hotel room. And my first thought was like, sweet. I don't have to like go out to the parking lot. And then I was like, well, nope, you don't have to do anything. It's just nice to have a balcony, but you don't have to, you don't even have to go out there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm definitely, I'm I'm definitely feeling good about that. I just don't like being addicted to I don't like being dependent on anything but I am a hundred percent dependent on my phone so I am not out of the woods yet with addictions I'm also you know addicted to food and also not eating food I mean those are things that I definitely struggle with and I'm in recovery for and I'm you know not addicted I don't abuse food anymore and I don't um, starve myself anymore so I've got those under control but those are things that I constantly have to work at um, very hard actually and so I'm, um, I'm on the up and up. I'm, I'm getting my life together. And I think that is why I got so – am get, been getting so sad recently is because I am kind of ridding myself of all the things that were filling the void for me to feel my feelings. And so now they're all coming up and they're coming on strong. So, um, But I'm feeling good. I really am. I'm going to see my doctor I think tomorrow or the day after because she's in L.A. And I'm going to get on some new antidepressants, which I'm excited about. My mom just got on antidepressants. Um, she didn't even ask for them. She was just went to the doctor because of her pain in her chest. And the doctor was like listening to her talk about her life. And she was like, I think you would be good on Cymbalta. And my mom is not someone who wants to be on antidepressants, never been open to it. And suddenly she's like, I'm going to do it. And we, me and my dad are so excited because it saved my grandma's life. My grandma was such a nervous wreck. The last like 20 years of her, I mean, she was always nervous. I just didn't notice it because I was a kid, but as an adult, I just saw my grandma like plagued by anxiety. And then she got on Prozac towards the end of her life, and she was just like, it changed her life. And we all noticed it, and we all remarked about it, and we we're so grateful for it. And then suddenly, like, why is it okay for me me to do and it's not okay for you to do mom my mom's always been opposed to it so I was so excited she wanted to give it a world because I do feel like my mom is depressed and that is not a judgment on her obviously I'm like I I was like mom I do everything to not be depressed and I know I did get off my meds and that was really irresponsible but I'm getting back on them I'm always open to meds I just thought they weren't working you know but if something worked I would do anything to feel better and I'm like why don't it's so frustrating when your parents don't do the things they, they, they could do to feel better. But they're not my they're not they're not my responsibility. It's it's none of my business, to be honest with you. And I make it my business a lot of times and it's inappropriate. But so my mom got on Cymbalta and she's been taking it and then she, but she's been Googling it and she's just reading horror story after horror story. Uh, my mom's into erotic fiction i was saying horror story not horror story just in case you were wondering so she's been reading all these horror stories now she's been reading about cymbalta and of course if you look for things people complaining about something you're going to find the worst things so now she's terrified that there's going to be lightning bolts going off in her brain for the rest of time that even when she quits it the lightning bolts will keep going on so if you're someone who's cymbalta has really helped out will you dm my mom I forget what her DM is, and I doubt she'll even get it, but you you can DM me, and just write as the, write the, the, when you first um, write me a DM. I know I just asked you to not DM me, but it's a, if it's something about Simbalta and how it's been good for you, make sure the first words you write are FOR YOUR MOM in all caps, because my mom is wanting to get off it. She's only been on it three days, and she's already freaking out, and she wants to get off it, and I'm like, oh, God, please just take it. Because if you Google anything, you're going to find – people aren't going on writing reviews about things that they enjoy. It's just much rarer. You can always find horror stories about the things that – anything you're taking. And I started being like, well, what about when you buy discounted ham salad at Deerberg's? Do you think that's good for you? Why don't you read about that? Why don't you look into factory farming and where it comes from? and, And will you feel good about that? Maybe you'll quit that. No, you'll keep eating that. Because it makes you feel good. What about cigarettes that you smoked for 35 years? Did any of the did any of the literature about the dangers of that scare you away from those? No. I mean, eventually it did she quit. I'm so proud of her. She's quit smoking now for 11 years. Um, thanks to the, the Alan Carr method. Nothing else worked for her, by the way. If you were looking to quit smoking or quit vaping or quit drinking, Alan Carr, baby, really does work. Um, don't ask me what book it is. Just Google Alan Carr, easy way. Find, find yours. Um, I would say that I get four DMs a day asking me, what did you, what book did you read to quit drinking? Just Google it. It's a, there's a mil, so many of the questions I get, I'm like, just Google it. But then I'm like, oh, if, is me responding to this person, the difference between them getting sober and like being there for their family and, or not. And then I feel compelled to write. But again, it's none of my business and it's not my responsibility if you get sober. Google it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm lashing out and you guys haven't done anything wrong. So I had a photo shoot yesterday that I talked about um, on the show. My dad and I went and took pictures in the park. It was fun. Um, I... uh, I liked the pictures. I usually on a photo shoot, I don't want to see the pictures because they depress me because I'm never as pretty as I want to be. But then I was looking at them and I was like, no, you look great. Like I'm seeing things kind of clearly now. I just, for the first time yesterday, I was like, you're beautiful. Like you're really, really beautiful. And it's very uncomfortable for me to say that. Um, But I really like the way I look and I'm starting to embrace it and be satisfied with it. And I don't know even looking at video like I was going through my phone like I said to come up with videos for this show and I was like wow like you're really interesting looking and you're pretty and you're cute and like I was for some reason I'm able to see myself that way now and I have a lot more confidence and I feel like I deserve more than I thought I did before I was like I don't know. I went on Raya last night and I was swiping around and I was like, that guy's so hot. And usually I'd be like, "Ugh, I'm not even going to like him because why would he like me? And now I'm like, you better like me. You you would, you should, you'd be so lucky. I'm a hot ticket. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I did go driving with my ex-boyfriend last night. He came over and um, we took my new car, which I returned out for a spin he said the engine was like I was gonna have to have the engine looked at and I don't know I could always get it back I don't think they're gonna sell it anytime soon but I'm gonna test drive a different thing he was just like he wasn't really feeling it and I was like yeah you're right I want to like be obsessed with my car and I'm not like obsessed with this or maybe I'm not gonna be obsessed with any car I mean maybe that's my realization at the end of all this and I'll just get a Prius but who knows um what I did drive, I don't know if I told you guys, I got a um, Mercedes or a BMW 38XI or I, it's a wagon, a, bl- a 2015 BMW wagon, super rare. Um, it's coming in at $20,000, which my friend told me, offer them eighteen five. It's a cute car and it had like a bike rack on the top of it, so it looked like I was sportier than I am. I think I'm just going to get a bike rack on my car because it makes me look I'll manifest the person I want to be who's like outdoorsy. Um, just constantly have paddle boards up there that I never touch um, like uh, car seats in the back seats for kids I'll never have. That would be hilarious just to always have car seats in the back and people are like, oh how old are your kids? Oh, I don't have any. Fake it till you make it. So um I went driving with him cruising around. It was fun there were moments of uh <laughs> i don't even want to share it but you know he's my ex-boyfriend and we're like friends now and there's no like we we definitely acknowledge the fact that we're still sexually attracted to each other and that feels good but there's no um there's no attempt being made on either part to like make any of that happen i mean it's i've i've told you guys a little bit about some stuff that's happened but it's it's net we haven't kissed in over a year um and uh, we definitely haven't had sex in over a year. But definitely haven't even kissed or anything like that. So I don't know. But is your girl down? you goddamn right she's down. But I also am down in a way that's like, oh, this might be a terrible idea. But it would just, like I said, it just would be nice to have sex again. And to get back on the horse. Um, and to feel like, oh, I can do this. I remember this. And to do it with someone that I feel really comfortable with. Like, I could just... I don't care. Like, I know that most guys are like, Nikki, I wouldn't judge you. Be comfortable. It's not about how you make me feel. It's like, I either can or can't. And there's only really one person I could think about being intimate with. And it's him. And it wouldn't stress me out at all. And thank God I even have one. So anyway, we talked about it. And, uh, and ultimately like we always do for the past year, we arrived at the fact that it's not a good idea, but I was really annoyed. We were driving and he, um, he was just trying to be nice we were talking about places I'm looking to live and I'm like I want to live in like a apartment with like I don't know like Cardinals players and like wherever they live like where's the cool people in this town and I wasn't saying that like I want to bang Cardinals Cardinals players and he was like you know what you should do you should date a, a blues player and I was so fucking annoyed and he was just saying it because he's like he was like, I just want you to, like, have some fun with someone who, like, you wouldn't take seriously. You're not going to, like, marry a blues player. And I was like, I really don't appreciate that. I got, like, mad at him. <laughs> and he felt really bad. But he was just trying to be. And he was like, you know what? As soon as I said it, I, like, already was jealous of the guy that you were going to have sex with. And that felt good to hear. I'm like, good. But, um, you know, you don't want your ex-boyfriend who you're trying to sleep with again even though that's not a good idea to be like, you should have sex with this person. You're just like, what? It just felt bad. But maybe also, um, you know, sometimes I do that when, you know, you say the opposite of what you really want. And it's not like, I think he was playing any games. He's not someone that does that. So maybe he really was like thinking I should, but it just felt weird. But I was proud of myself for not being like, yeah, that's a good idea. I was just like, um, that really feels bad for you to say to me. And I, I don't like it. And he was like, "I'm really sorry." It was kind of a sweet moment, but who knows what's going to happen with that? I've got some, I've got some prospects though. I've been talking to some guys, and I'm excited about it. Um, getting myself back out there. I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling frisky. I'm feeling fun. I'm feeling free. Um, I really got to get my own place, and then I'll really feel independent and like a woman who should be dating. But um, for now. I just feel, I feel good about just, uh, I don't know, being the apps are safe and just DMing with guys is safe and texting with guys. And yes, I did. A guy did call me the other day. The first time a guy that a guy that I've been DMing with for a while called me, just cold called me because we had exchanged numbers, but never like used it, you know? And he just called me the other day and then I called him back and we talked, we had a good talk and then we talked again. It was nice. And guess what? Nothing. There was, I don't know what I was so scared of talking to someone on the phone. It's kind of nice. So maybe I'll do that again. I'll keep you guys updated. Um, But I got to go. I got to go figure out what I'm going to do tonight. I'm definitely going to order Postmates. I really want Thai food. I want like three papaya salads. They're so freaking good. And St. Louis doesn't really have good Thai food. Or maybe they do. But I haven't really tried it. Anyway, um, I got big plans for tonight. They involve uh, uh, putting off work and reading that book about phone addiction and listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and maybe cranking one out alone in my hotel room. At least <laughs> if I'm not getting laid, at least I can masturbate and talk about that on Joe Rogan. Isn't that hilarious that that is a, actually a thing I was thinking of doing? I was like, Oh, maybe I can watch some porn and talk about what I, my porn choices lately. Cause there's always something fascinating in there that I learn about myself. But, um, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? All I know is I have to go. This has been a great podcast. I feel like I've said too much, kind of regret a lot of what I said. Let me read some listener emails really quick. Even though I told you guys to stop DMing me, I'm just going to quickly pull up some. My voice is so mellow right now. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm just tired. I just got a COVID test, which is exciting. I met this woman outside because I'm going on the Netflix set tomorrow um sag after a rules like the union for all the stuff they make you get a COVID test and uh I thought they like stick it in your nose and then it goes down your throat and it like maybe like enters your lower intestine like a big rod but it was just a little dip into your nose anyone who is making it seem like that is a big deal is such a pussy I can't even stand it if you if your COVID test hurt how do you get through life like if that if that is so much pain that you're like so scared and hated it so much and you're complaining about it it was like honestly like a slight tickle maybe I have a huge pain tolerance but I don't think so I actually liked it okay so here's uh, here's a note I got I want to read this this is from Gigi shout out to Gigi she's struggling Gigi said, I know this is random and ridiculous, but I have to say this. I just moved into college a few days ago and it's been really rough, but I was listening to your most recent You Up and it totally made me feel so much less alone in my feelings. I never thought I'd miss home this much and I never thought I'd have as many great friends as I do who are my everything that I'd have my heartbreak when I left them. But anyway, thank you for the episodes and thank you for my... The reprieve from my anxiety and sadness for a bit. Gigi, I wrote back to you, but I just want you to know that it does pass. I remember that feeling so much of my parents dropping me off and like just wanting my old friends and wanting my parents and just feeling like so overwhelmed by this new step in my life. I mean, I really do think the transition from high school to college was what kind of spurred my anorexia. Like, I just wanted to hold on to my adolescence and I didn't want to turn into a woman and I like it destroyed me Like change destroyed like makes me so sad the the biggest breakdowns I've had in life is when I've kind of had to move away from my family both in college both when I went to college and also I came back to live with them when I was 25 and I lived there for a year and a half and then I moved to New York and the week before I moved to New York I was at a restaurant with my whole family like I think it was the night before I left actually and we were having a nice family dinner and my brother-in-law made some slight joke that was just like a teasing joke like the most innocent joke to me and I started sobbing and had to leave the restaurant and I was just freaking out because I didn't want to leave home because I was gonna miss them all so much and I hate goodbyes so I totally know where you're at I remember being at my college dorm feeling so alone not wanting to be there missing home but guess what girl you'll move back home someday you really will. Don't worry. The the door is always open. If you love your family that much, they'll have you back. It's not over. This is but this is a necessary change and you can get through it. And the first couple of weeks are really hard, but eventually it gets easier. Just trust me on that. I know it seems like it won't and that you're never going to make friends, you're never going to find your right people, but just give it time. Give it time. And all the people that you become friends with the first week, they're not going to be they might not be your lifelong friends. Just hold hang in there and I promise you you're going to look back on this time and uh, and be able to laugh about it. But I know it's tough. And um, I'm really feeling for you. And I'm feeling for anyone going through a huge change right now. Change is so scary and I hate it. And I'm about to go through a huge change. I'm going to, have to move out of my parents' house again and I really like it there. So I'm feeling this all over again. So I am with you. All right, guys, I have to go. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I'll see you tomorrow here on the podcast. Uh, squirt, squirt, the jackpot. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Wow.